0: Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, I'm talking with medicine woman, wisdom keeper, Tarani Nicole, about Tantra. It is something I have been personally very interested in lately, but I haven't really gotten into that much, and so I was so excited when Tarani agreed to talk with us. In this episode, we talk about what Tantra is and what Tantra is not. We talk about where it came from and how she was introduced to it. Tarni shares some of the ways that Tantra has really shaped and changed her life, how she came to it through some pretty difficult personal struggles. We also talk about Tantra for self-love, Tantra for relationships, and how to use Tantra to connect with your womb space. This is just a beautiful conversation, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear all of it. So here's a little more about Terrany. Tyranny Nicole is a medicine woman who focuses her leadership on supporting women through big life changes. Tantra, temple arts, and multidimensional fieldwork are the modalities she uses to get us out of our heads and into our bodies. As her focus is on women's embodiment, she is a life and birth doula as well as a womb healer. Her specialty is helping women heal after trauma and supporting them in finding their power again. Tarani has so many amazingly beautiful things to say during this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So please join me in welcoming Tarani Nicole to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Mm, It's my honor. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So the first question I love to ask is, what ignites your Light Within?
1: Uh, honestly, right now in this day, what's igniting my light within um, is this practice that I've been doing daily for the past two or three weeks, which is starting every morning with rose tea and meditating with it and really um, getting myself into a space where there's stillness and there's simplicity and I'm being very present with myself and like one plant. So that's definitely been igniting my light within, you know, having that tea medicine practice and meditation and stillness. I like to change it up every now and then with my morning practice. And this one's pretty great.
0: (laughs) I love it. That sounds divine. Um, For people who aren't familiar with you or your work, introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you birth into the world. Yes. So
1: my name is Tarani Nicole and I identify as a medicine woman, a wisdom keeper. And a big part of that is working with women, with their wounds, with their hearts, with their bodies, to support them in feeling safe in this lifetime. Um, you know, it's no, it's no shock that a lot of women are walking around the world disembodied, traumatized, stuck in tragedy. Um, and a big part of my work and what I do is supporting women and feeling safe secure and like embodied, turned on, excited to be alive. Um, so that's a big piece of my work. The way that I do that is through a system that I channeled called the Temple Priestess Arts. And so a lot of what we're working through with the Temple Priestess Arts is remembering the, that the body is a living temple and coming home to the intelligence of the body. And we do that through a variety of practices and principles. Some of that is you know, tantric yoga, um, traditional tantric yoga. Some of it is, you know, channeled ceremonies and rituals, rites of passage, as well as, you know, using vocal activation, uh, sound healing. So there's a lot moving through me as far as the medicines that I use, but the temple priestess arts is the foundation of all the work that I do in the way that I support women in this world.
0: And so how did you, you said you channeled this, What types of practices have you studied? Like, how did you become this just womb priestess goddess that you are?
1: Yeah. So, when I was 14 years old, I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada with my father. And I was in just, it was such a a dark, hard time of my life, honestly. And there was a lot going on. and by the grace of God, I was a very troubled teenager, my one of my friend's parents noticed like, okay, this woman's hanging out with my son, she's trouble. And she actually pretty much took me under her wing to support me and kind of, she could sense that there was things going on in my home life that were not pretty great because of how much I was over there and just certain things um, that were going on. And she just took me under her wing and she was a Reiki master teacher and a devout Buddhist. And she taught me meditation and taught me Reiki. And within like three months, I started studying energy healing pretty in depth um, because we would go to these Reiki circles and they were so amazing it was donation-based, super accessible and exactly what I needed at that time. And I was witnessing such revolutionary shifts in my ability to be actually out of like a fight or flight nervous system response and, and feel okay to be alive. Um, I was very suicidal at that time, not definitely didn't want to live. So it was really, really beautiful, that she took me in and I, I was able to learn Reiki and receive that and then go on to study it mm-hmm. as well as other forms of energy healing with crystals and sound healing. Um, and that was from about 14 to like 19. That was my primary, you know, focus of study. You know, I I got really deep into energy healing and like learning about the science of spirit and how to move energy and metaphysics and vibrational medicine. And then that also moved me into yoga. And yoga became a foundational practice for me to to really learn the power of the body and how when we work with our body, we can move energy um, and also like feel strong and, you know, and, and embodied and, and work with the muscles and have connection in the body, because I was very disembodied in this time, especially, you know, learning energy healing. Like this was a time where I definitely was not in my body. I was very much focused on like the energy and the spirit and, you know, still disassociated from my trauma. And yoga was a practice for me to come into my body and integrate that energy healing within by moving her and doing the different practices and then through that those studies I had a beautiful opportunity to go and study yoga and the yoga that I studied was traditional hatha and kundalini yoga and um, both of these practices hold true to more of the tantric philosophies of yoga and like the foundation so that education really supported me in learning about you know, the way that breath work and pranayama activates us ourselves, as well as, you know, um, satya kriyas and different ways that we can purify our body and different, like, of course, like the awesome like yoga movement. But I got super, super interested in more of the kriya brace yoga where we're doing very specific movements and breaths that activate specific glandular systems and stuff like that. So, The yoga practice really supported me in finding the body. And then through learning that, it just was like this spiraling effect of, you know, learning tools to support myself. And then when I was about, I would say like 1918, started teaching yoga and offering energy healings. Um, And then around that time, I also experienced a very sexually traumatic event where I was raped by somebody that I trusted and was actually learning from. And that is where the the womb comes in because through the sexual trauma, it was like this experience of feeling betrayed by spirit because the person that hurt me, I was like learning from, uh, learning about, you know, actually I was learning from him, like more herbal medicine and metaphysics and stuff like that um and he took advantage of me so there was like this betrayal of like whoa this like spirituality spirituality thing that I'm into just like got me into a really traumatizing situation um and there was a moment there where I the betrayal like pretty much caused me to just turn all of that off and like went into a really dark space and then I just kind of went through another layer of the dark night of the soul and had to awaken to the truth of, you know, duality and figure out how to support myself through this healing process and went back to the basics of, you know, moving the energy, coming back to my body, feeling safe in my body. Um, And that was a pretty long journey to, to figure out. And then I found, you know, Yoni steaming and different ways to actually care for the physical organ of the the you know womb and the vagina and the yoni and all that good stuff <laughs> and supported her through that and then I went on to learn dearmoring and you know womb hara massage and different ways to support my womb and you know a big part of that was like the sex aspect of you know coming out of a sexually traumatic situation and figuring out like how do I still live Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do I still embrace sexuality? Like that was really big. And it took several years to figure out. And thankfully my partner, we were together before the rape happened and we're still together to this day. So he was very supportive in that process Mm -hmm. of supporting me both in like my own relationship to my sexuality and my womb and my body, but also our relationship and how, you know, to heal through that tenderness with sex. So Mm -hmm. that whole time in my life, Really deeply initiated me into learning about the womb, learning about sexual energy, learning about how Tantra and energy healing and all of these just different practices can support us in healing and, like, you know, reclaiming ourselves, but also coming back to the body. Because when we experience trauma, we disassociate. A lot of times we leave the body, our nervous system doesn't. Ground into the body, you know, it leaves the body, so we have to do practices that bring us back into the body. And another layer of that has brought me to somatic healing, which was really a tipping point. Um, about a two years almost like two years ago, where you know, I found somatic healing, and then you know, through working with like three sessions of somatic healing, it was like, okay, cool, this this event that happened is no longer traumatizing to me. Like it's something that happened, but like, I feel good. I feel secure. I feel forgiveness. I feel safe in my body. So looking at, I I sat down and I looked at everything. And at this time I was already teaching energy healing um, to different students and clients and supporting, you know, people on big things. And naturally women started popping up in my field and coming to me, with things related to the womb and Yoni, whether that's, you know, they had STDs or they had sexual trauma or they had like church trauma or, you know, all the different things very much related to their bodies and their wombs and sexuality and sensuality. So that pretty much, I started putting all the pieces together. I was like, okay, this is what's coming in. This is obviously communicating. Like I have a gift to support women through the healing that I've walked through as well. And how do the different tools that I use, like, how can I create this, a system that I know is working when I'm seeing, like, how can I put the pieces together and figure out like, what's really going on here? And that's when the temple priestess arts started coming in. And a lot of the ways that I would put these pieces together, of course, is like, you know, there's a sense of like logic of looking, okay, this is what's worked for me. This is what I've seeing work for my clients. This is what I've studied. This is what I've learned, but also going inward and meditating And listening and building connection with, you know, the Ascended Masters, as I call them, which would be primarily like the Sophia goddess. I work very intimately Mm -hmm. with her, work very intimately with um, Egyptian goddesses, Hathor, Isis, Sekhmet, um, Newt, like a lot of different Egyptian goddesses, as well as other, you know, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene. And i like, I work with all the goddesses. We're very intimate. And I would go into meditation. And... Ask them questions. Okay, how can I how can I support women? Like what is the next layer? And I started to receive visions and guidance on specific breath breath practices and movement practices to support women in clearing their bodies from the trauma, from the density, so that they can have spaciousness and freedom within themselves to actually harness the temple, I call temple blueprint within themselves. And what the temple blueprint is is essentially the the remembrance that we are sacred, that we are holy, that we are one with source and our cellular structure is God, our blood is God, our bones are God, our skin is God and coming back to that remembrance and then through that, you know, it it begins a purification pro- process of remembering and personal power and feeling embodied, feeling the holiness of your sexuality, how to work with it, not just, you know, for manifestation and things of that nature, but actually for like knowing your power and like embodying her and showing up to life in a way that's confident and truly like rectified in in your power. So it's been a long process and uh, a beautiful process and a, a process of heartbreak, but I really believe that it's those moments of heartbreak that really initiated me into the medicine woman that I am and being able to share these gifts with the world.
0: Oh my God. First of all, that story is amazing. And and thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, I love all of this. Okay. So Wow. I'm just sitting here thinking about all the different things we, we can talk about today. So <laughs> we're here to talk about Tantra. I love that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just so interesting before we get into that, to talk about your work with the goddesses.
1: Mm, yes. <laughs> oh my God.
0: I'm obsessed. So I would love to ask, like, how did you first communicate or know that like, did you feel called by a certain goddess? And for those of people who don't really know, like, can you talk about what the Sophia goddess is?
1: Yeah, so I think we'll start there. Um, The Sophia goddess is essentially the goddess of like, she's the mother, like the one who births the universes, the one who holds the sacred law, the one who is, you know, the all seer of everything and moves through everything. She's essentially the air that we breathe, the force that grows the trees, the force that you know, birth stars that harnesses the black holes. She's essentially that force in the world, um, the beginning and the end of everything. And, you know, she's, she was very much worshipped um, in ancient times, especially when we look at agnostic religion and stuff like that. You even, you know, even in Christianity, you find the Sophia goddess. Um, but because of the patriarchal religion system that we've been working through over the last, you know, two, three thousand, four thousand years specifically, um, she hasn't been focused on as much and much more of that like masculine role of God has come in, which I totally believe like there's space for masculine divinity and, and God and all that. But the Sophia goddess felt so good for me when I started to learn about her because I grew up Catholic and part of that process for me was like really tremendous in me being like, wait, there's only like men priests. There's only like, I just noticed from a very young age and was like, this doesn't feel good. Like, I feel like there's a whole missing part of source of creation. Like it takes a, you know, a male and a woman typically to make babies. So like what, there's something out here. And then I feel like I don't even remember how she, how I learned about her, but I guess through synchronicity, you know, she was one of the goddesses that first came up for me to, you know, learn about the female force of creation and the female force of God and how, um, we can, you know, we're invited to learn about that. And, um, so that led me to the book, the Sophia code, which is, one of the best sellers it's definitely like a, a modern sacred sex or <laughs> modern sacred sex modern sacred text for our times and it walks you through initiations and um, mentorship with a variety of goddesses and that really supported me in you know shifting from a point of like learning and like studying about goddesses and like from like a very like law log- that logical kind of perspective and moving more into like mentorship and relationship mm-hmm. and mysticism of working with them um so that book really supported that and then through that just continue the relationship you know making offerings m- contemplating with them in meditation calling upon them for my prayers mm-hmm. um different things of that nature and um you know i i'm one of the things about me personally is like i love to travel like that's a big big thing and I think a piece of that is like through traveling I've really learned how to come into relationship with the goddess and like witnessing miracles you know um like I'm about to miss my flight and I'm like oh please like Sophia goddess or Sekmet or whoever the hell I got to call upon in that moment help me <laughs> and miracles happen you know so very much from like physical life to very etheric mystical life You know, I've witnessed time and time again the potency, the power, the truth of these goddesses, especially in my session work. You know, seeing the way that, you know, when they speak through me, how like psychically I'll just like know things about people Mm. or know things about things that are like coming through or happening or just stuff like that. And it's not me, it's what I'm channeling through the goddesses. So I've come into this space where I'm in relationship. I'm in reciprocity and I allow specific energies of goddesses to move through me and communicate through me to support myself in the world. And I just got back from Egypt, which was really cool. And that process even deepened, you know, my relationship to the goddesses, going there, going to their temples, making Mm -hmm. offerings, making prayers, feeding the temples with my, my energy, my tears, you know, um, So I think it's like through traveling and and prayer and meditation and education, reading, we can really deepen relationship with the goddess and all of her many forms.
0: How fucking cool. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) I should say, oh, my goddess. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Okay. So. I will put a show note in the, in the show notes about the Sophia code. Cause I've been interested in looking into the book and now you've kind of just like made me realize I have to. Okay. So yes. <laughs> let's shift and let's talk about Tantra. So that's kind of like where I think I even discovered you, you live about an hour from me. And I think you were doing something like last year, the year before, um, to, or talking about Tantra. And that's kind of like why I even found your Instagram account. So what is Tantra and like, what
1: is Tantra not? Mm, I love this question. Thank you so much for that last part. Um, To me, Tantra is the path of enlightenment. It's the path of liberation. It's the path of, you know, remembering that ultimate truth that we are one with the goddess. We are one with God. We are one with source. And, you know, part of that is like the recognition of like, okay, I'm in this body. And I have this shirt on, I have these earrings on, I got this hair, I got this chair, I got this like laptop, iPad, phone, podcast, and all of that is God. All of that is goddess. And that there's like an illusion of separation that happens naturally because we're in the physical world of like, that's outside of me. So Tantra is a path, a practice, a philosophy to... Release those veils of illusion and come back home to the center truth that I am one with creation and one with God. Mm. And so that plays out in many different forms. You know, um, tantra can be you know, kriya based yoga, movement, breath. You know, and tantra can also, for me, you know, be going on a hike, connecting with nature. Um, Have of course having sex, making love. You know, doing my own internal sex sacred practices so it's I feel like tantra is much more multi-dimensional that, than a lot of people give it credit for I think when people hear tantra you know it's like okay sex like yeah. tantric sex like that is where I connect to tantra and like what I see is tantra and I think there is truth to that right because you know there are tantric practices and kriyas and you know ancient ancient alchemy practices like you know the alchemies of Horus and in spaces where you know sacred sex was practiced, and that is a form of tantra because you're coming together for one for unity, you know. And that's when we think about tantric sex, like that's where it's coming together. But I feel like that is like very advanced and that is very high level magic, high level initiation. And I think that when we work with Tantra, we need to really, really focus at the beginning of you know, remembering that I am source and learning how to work with the sexual energy, which is essentially your life force energy within yourself to rise it up, to create vitality, to create harmony, to create oneness in your life, and to ultimately remember the truth that you are the goddess embodied and mm. figuring out what that means in the context of this life that you're living. And then through that, you know, if you have partners that you want to, you know, explore and connect with on that, like, unity consciousness level through sacred sex magic, I think it's beautiful. But um, I think that personally where I'm at right now in my life and my study of Tantra and my teachings of Tantra, I think that's very high level magic. So we don't just want to, like, go to these, like, Tantra parties, which... I see sometimes it's just like orgies, which, you know, there's a place for that. Cool. Like some people that's like their thing, but I, it, I don't, it doesn't feel good on my body to think mm-hmm. about how that is what a lot of people identify Tantra as is, you know, this like sexual practice that, you know, sometimes can be like thrown around or worked with many people. And, and that kind of compromises the integrity of it where, you know, we're remembering like, the oneness, the unity of the God and the purity of that. We don't just want to like taint it with these, you know, like certain sexual situations that can easily do the opposite of what we're really wanting. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's because isn't, wasn't it sting who is the person who like originally started talking about tantric sex? Like it was like well over a decade ago. And he was like, I can, yes. because he was talking about like having sex for like, a whole day or some crazy shit. And like, that was, I think what everyone, so I was was hoping you were going to talk about that because I'm like, I think everyone thinks it's just super long lasting orgasmic energy. And I'm sure that's part of it, but it's also like a ton of other things and so much more.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, (laughs) it's just funny because like, you know, it's like there are two sides of it. And I think it's funny because I I forget who it was, but a woman and I were in a conversation and she was like, there's traditional Tantra and then there's Neo Tantra and Neo Tantra is very much that like focus on, you know, infinite orgasms and like all of that with like partners and sex magic and stuff. And then there's traditional Tantra, which is very much like a meditation practice and going inward and working with the life force energy of the breath and how that circulates through your body to create vitality and take you into different places of unity and oneness with God and goddess. Mm. So I think both have definitely have a place, right? Like there's a lot of healing that can come from neo tantra, which, you know, like learning how to integrate, you know, sacred sex and relationship and partnerships and how to heal and have healing orgasms and how that activates, you know, your cells and your body and Freeze up old stored trauma so there's place for both but they're not the same you mm-hmm. know and and i think that when we're looking at studying tantra it's very important to begin with traditional tantra study that alchemize it harness yourself harness your energy learn yourself and then you know there's there's that path of initiation to work with other people mm-hmm. and that's very very powerful but i think that that's a different level than like starting out and like, you know, there's, there's ways and there's rites of passage and, and things that we're prepared for because if we just throw ourselves out there into uh, a sexual healing dynamic with somebody or people or various people, it can do more harm than good,
0: mm. you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. So where did Tantra come
1: from? Oh, this is a great question. So, I mean, we can obviously see Tantra in uh, the ancient Vedic texts in India um, in the Himalayas even, you know, we can definitely see it there, but also Egypt, ancient Egypt. There's a lot of, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I started out learning you know, the Indian philosophy and Vedic philosophy of Tantra and like those practices, but then through my studies of Egypt over the past couple of years, and like going to Egypt, like a month ago, there is so much, um, so much there. And and even, you know, people say that the Indians learned Tantra through the ancient Egyptians, right? Mm -hmm. Because the ancient Egyptians were very much about internal alchemy. And Tantra is internal alchemy, you know, it's, using the breath using certain body postures using certain um muscles and and using like the physical body as a whole to create internal alchemy which is essentially you know could be like turning lead into gold or turning you know like blood into water or you know there's there's a lot there um but i think more than anything what the ancient egyptians were doing is coming back to source, welcoming source back into their body, welcoming the goddess into their body, the God, remembering their truth that they are one with the creator. So tantra is ancient. And I think, you know, it's like, when we look at life as a whole, and like human history, you know, tantra must have been one of the first practices on the planet, right? Because when humanity starts like we're going and we get our we're in our intelligence and we're learning and we're on earth we're of course going to long for that unity with the creator Mm -hmm. with source with the stars with the unknown and so tantra is a practice where we can touch that unknown so it's i think it's probably one of the most ancient practices on earth and because of the world that we're in and colonialism and capitalism and patriarchy and all those things, we very much just relate it to its most recent root, which would be India. But I truly believe it goes so much deeper than that.
0: Mm. And so you kind of mentioned when you were telling us your story, like when you um, had this rape happen and then afterwards, I'm guessing it was post that when you started feeling like the call from the Sophia goddess, is that correct? When you're starting to learn to do your own womb work?
1: Yeah, I would say that was like about a year after. Okay. When is I started that, to hear that calling. Mm-hmm. Is that when you
0: also found Tantra or had that come before?
1: So I actually started doing Kundalini Yoga when I was 16. So okay. I had already been doing Kundalini Yoga, which is like a form of Tantric Yoga. Um, and so I'd been practicing that. And then, you know, by the time I was 19, I did the training. So I had already done like my yoga teacher training and Kundalini Yoga teacher training all of that before the sexual assault happened.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And so how has working with Tantra specifically, um, kind of changed your, your personal life?
1: Ooh, I like this. Um, I feel like, ah, the, I feel like one of the biggest things that Tantra has supported me in with my personal life is coming home to myself, you know, um, there's a lot of variables that we move through in our life with different people, with work, with social media. Right. And, and that can oftentimes create meshing with the outside world and, you know, life as a whole, you know, our partners, our parents, our job, like we very much can get lost in those identities and those roles that we play in life. Um, and for me, tantra is a practice where I come home to myself, where I come back to my inner temple where I come back to my breath, my life force, my body and reclaim myself and all that I am in that process of remembering, like, I am the goddess of my own life. I am the goddess of all of life. I am one with the air. And and that all of that just brings me home to my truth. And that's important, right? Especially as modern women, where we are living in this like post-feministic era where like, you know, we are liberated to like live our own lives and have our own lives, but we're also in this like very patriarchal society, which means like working and doing the things and going out and constantly having like these variables of our life to tend to Tantra is a practice to tend to yourself, which is essential in this modern world for everybody, but especially women.
0: That was my next question. It's like, why would someone want to practice Tantra? To come home to themselves, is that your
1: thought? Yeah, I think I think to come home to yourself, but also just to like rock your world, like show you the the infinite possibilities of the unknown, show you your power, show you how long you can hold your breath for. You know, like what happens when you do certain breath techniques and you're working with root locks and like holding your muscles in certain ways. Like, how does that make you feel? You know, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot there. Um, mm-hmm definitely to come home to yourself. Like that's, that is there, but like, what does coming home to yourself mean? It comes back to being embodied. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of women, I think we can relate to being disembodied and desensitized. Right. And so Tantra not only, you know, is like working with the body, but it sensitizes the body. It turns on our sensations. It turns on our ability to feel more. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that there's a lot there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think so too. And I guess my other question, it's like, Oh my God, where do you start? Like if you, if someone is listening to this, even for myself, because this is something that I have like floated around, it's floated in the periphery of my mind for like a couple of years, but I've never really looked that far into it. So what would be your suggestion to get started?
1: Yeah, I would say number one, if you're really inspired by the traditional tantric path of what we've been speaking about there's a book called the heart of recognition and that book i think is a really beautiful place to begin um, of remembering who you are remembering the truth of who we all are and what this life is about and coming home to your heart and then if you're wanting to get deeper into the practices of tantra i would recommend you know just going online and like finding youtube videos of tantric yoga you know i mean there's there's kundalini yoga and i think that's a good place to to begin if that feels good for you um there's also some stuff that has happened in the kundalini yoga community that's not really great so Mm -hmm. i don't really go there that much but the practices the philosophy the technology is great so i think that that could be helpful to work with if you're looking for how to you know, practice Tantra when it comes to the breath and the body and certain Kriya yogas. But even just like going up on Google or YouTube or whatever, and looking up Kriya yoga, you're going to find Tantra yoga practices. And I think, you know, we've, we're blessed in this modern day to have the internet. So the internet is a great tool to have. Um, if you want to learn practices in a super easy and accessible way, like there's YouTube videos of people teaching how to breathe in certain tantric ways.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you brought up the thing that's going on with Kundalini. Um, I wondered Mm -hmm. if you would, and, and for people who don't really know from what my understanding is the wasn't it like one of the men who kind of led it into the forefront it is today has been accused. I don't know if he's been found guilty of, but like assaulting, right? Sexual Mm -hmm. assault. Right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so for me, it's interesting and really kind of super fucked up that, you know, when you have it, it kind of what you experienced as well, like you, you want to be connecting with this divine source energy, you know, the, these other things, but it's like, damn, the patriarchy and and predator, like predator type people are just mm-hmm. all over and so I wondered if you had any thoughts about the fact that, like, as the feminine really does start rising, like, there's just all this shit trying to drag us back down.
1: Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> deep. It's so deep, and that's been a huge process of um, me stepping into my leadership role. Came from this pace of place of being like, women need women teachers. You know, like, yes we we need more sacred, holy, and in integrity teachers to teach us these sacred arts because especially when we're working with tantra and like energy and like sexual energy it's very easy for uh predators to get into those spaces and it happens time and time again we've seen that with obviously yogi with kundalini yoga even like bikram yoga you know that's there um in so many traditions like the small ways slight ways in my experience you know it was like me wanting to study under this guy's medicine and his, true, you know, his, his teachings. And then he used that as a way to like, take advantage of me because there is this sense of, you know, when we're in this teacher role, and we're in the student role. Sometimes people get stuck in that hierarchy and they learn how to manipulate people. Mm. So for women who have the desire to learn, it's so important for us to have discernment with who we're learning from, why we're learning from them, and to never get in a situation where we're putting that person on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And I teach that to like all of my students when they're training with me or, you know, when we're we're in person or online or whatever we're doing, don't pedestal me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I'm sharing this information with you and I'm teaching this to you and there's reverence there and there's gratitude there. But also like stay in your sovereignty, stay in your truth, stay in your power. You know, and and I think that's so important in every single modality, every single pathway as we're doing personal work to just remember that, like, remember your sovereignty, don't give your power away to your teachers, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Do you have advice for people? And I've also seen this recently being talked about online. It's like, how do you, and it's probably because I'm becoming a coach, like, how do you pick a person you want to work with? Like, do you have things that you kind of, um, Suggest for people. I'm sure it's very intuitive, like you, intuition. But do you have ways that you suggest people um, kind of do background looks as far as different teachers or like? Do you? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Like, how I do you like know the that. person? Yeah. How <laughs> do you know the person you're about to work with is legit? Or, I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. red flags.
1: Yeah, I think the best thing that we can do, especially with where we're at right now, with the industry of self-help and personal development is to like really get in touch with your intuition, listen to the little signs. Like there was lots of little signs that I, that were there with the man who took advantage of me, Um, you know, little white lies, little like ego boosting things that he would do or, you know, power plays. Um, So just to like trust your intuition, listen to the signs and don't act off compulsion, right? Like when we see something that we desire, especially when it's like a philosophy or a technology or teachings that we desire to learn, it can be very easy to just be like, oh, I want to learn it. and like, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, like, here's my money right now. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to go I'm gonna do it. And I think that that compulsion energy can be dangerous and that it, it bypasses our, our natural decision-making system, which is you know, really seeing like, okay, I like that. Like there's interest there. Okay, what is that? Asking the internal questions, asking your body to communicate, doing research about this teacher, you know, looking at whether it's their posts or their blogs or their videos, getting in tune with their free content, seeing if there's resonance there, seeing if you're actually learning something there. And then if, you know, if your body is like a yes, your mind's a yes, your spirit's a yes, synchronicities are there, do it, invest in it. And sometimes that's a slow process of months or years. And sometimes that's like a few days or a week, Mm -hmm. but that the, the the compulsion is like an energy, you know, it's not really defined by space or time. It's like, it's like an energy, like I'm going to do it rather than being like, okay, I like that. That's cool. I want to, I want to look into that. I want to see if that's really for me. Um, And the beauty of that is that you're making a decision from sovereignty. You're not making a decision because somebody's selling you something. You're making a decision because you connect with what that person is offering. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I have also experienced those, like the, the feel that I, uh, the feeling that I like need to do something, it's interesting because it also, when I reflect back has always come from fear of lack Uh, like lack feelings or scarcity feelings or just fear in general. Like I feel bad in my body and I'm afraid of these feelings. Like this person can help me because I definitely like, like it's just going all these different ways. Um, And so it's interesting that you're saying, you know, you need to learn to sit with it and all of those, those practices. I think it probably can translate into many different things, not just when you're picking picking a coach or picking a teacher, like do I want to go this way with my life career? Do I want to move to this place? Like, it feels like you are really someone who's like saying, sit within yourself. And I wonder how much that also relates back to your Tantra.
1: Yeah, I think it does, you know, because something that I'm, I'm really exploring right now in my personal life is presence, you know? Um, And I think in this Tantra is a great teacher of how to be present with yourself, how to regulate your nervous system, and therefore make decisions that are in the greater service of your life as a whole. And with that, you know, we are living in this colonial, like colonized, capitalistic, patriarchal society. So everywhere we turn, somebody's trying to sell us something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's like on our social media, our emails, and our cars, when we're driving, like people are always trying to sell us things. Right. So it's natural. Like we're going to continue to buy things. We're going to continue to invest in ourselves, you know, and it's revolutionary to hire coaches, but you want to make sure they're good coaches. You know, you don't want to just hire somebody. I think a big thing for me, like when I'm hiring a coach or a mentor, or like a teacher is like, are they doing this as like a job or a career? Is this like their service, Mm. you know? Um, Because there's a difference there, you know, it's like, is this your job or is this your service, you know? And typically somebody who is offering something as their service, like you feel that heart. Mm -hmm. You feel the energy that they bring to the table. You feel their truth. And it's not just like, I'm launching something and I want so many people to buy and I like what I'm doing and like, it's cool and I'm connected with it, but it's more from a space of like, I like it rather than like, this is gonna be powerful medicine for the world. Mm So it's, it's tricky. And I think there's no really right or wrong answer other than to listen to yourself and move with the synchronicity and move, you know, with what is true to your heart, you know, but, and even in those situations, it's like, say for instance, we do study under somebody or sign up with a coach or somebody that takes advantage of us. It's not our fault, mm-hmm. you know, like. It, like it could it could happen to anybody it could have happened in any kind of situation like it's not our fault it's something to learn from and see those little fine-tuned details of like how that happened you know and move on but I think the more that we slow down and we listen the better we have the opportunity to avoid situations where we could get hurt by our teachers mm-hmm. um, it's a delicate process because like you know it can happen to anybody right yeah. you know and and these People like they get in their egos, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, we're humans, right? We all got our own fucked up shit that we're working through, right? Like we're humans and we have ego, we have desire and it's natural, but that doesn't mean that it has to hurt people. Doesn't mean that we have to get to take advantage of people and manipulate people. So Mm. it's tricky, you know, definitely a tricky situation to, to look at, especially in the coaching industry.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <clears throat> when we talk back about Tantra, let's just talk a little bit more about connecting it with self love or for women in particular. Like, how do we use Tantra to connect with our womb space, our womb's wisdom?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, one of my sisters, Hannah Grasso, she's amazing. She has this saying that has always stuck with me. That's God is in your womb and liberation is in your heart. And when we are looking at the practice of Tantra, we're doing it for liberation. We're doing it for inner freedom. We're doing it to reclaim ourselves, rectify ourselves in the purpose that we are God. So if God goddess, life force energy is in our womb and God is in our hearts. Tantra is a beautiful practice for women because it, Teaches us how to work with the technology of our body, and the intelligence of our body um, for healing and for liberation. And so the beauty of the womb is that, you know, it it rests at the sacrum bone where the kundalini energy is also known to be, which is our life force energy, our vital energy in tantric philosophy. And the womb sits right there. It's like the house of the life force. And through the womb, we have the potential to conceive Mm -hmm. both physical children and what I like to call light conception, you know, energy conception. And so Tantra is a beautiful practice for us to go to, to learn how to harness the intelligence and the energy of the womb space for many things in our lives, whether that's for our own health, our own vitality, or you know, for feeling confident, safe in our bodies or, you know, manifesting a lover or, you know, a business or all of these things. It's the creative life force. So everything that we birth comes from the womb. It's the intelligence there. And Tantra is a practice for us to study that intelligence, to work with that energy and to not only like preserve it, but to expand it, to enlighten it, to charge it. Mm -hmm. And a woman who you know is is present in her womb is a lot of times i guess we could say magnetic you know like when a woman is embodied in herself when she's home in her womb when she's home in her body people feel that mm-hmm. you know when we're living above our wombs you know stuck in the head stuck in the you know the heart even you know um there's a lack of presence there's a lack of like self like understanding there can be a lack of like you know um one thing that i like to think about is like a woman that is not living in her womb oftentimes is really focused on controlling her life and controlling the people in her life you know so tantra is a great way to like take that like mental pattern of trying to control things and going inward and moving the energy and learning your energy and harnessing your energy so that you don't feel like you got to control everything because you're embodied you're present in yourself you feel your energy so I think at least for me in my personal life and a lot of my students and clients tantra is like one of the ultimate practices for self-care because it gets us out of our heads it gets us in our wounds so that we can actually live from our hearts mm. you know and when we live from our hearts there's infinite possibilities you know like Sex is better when you're in your heart. (laughs) Friendships are better when you're in your heart. Food's better when you're in your heart, you know? Making posts is better when you're in your heart, you know? And it's like a tricky space because we have that ego. So, Tantra is a practice to kind of let the ego free from its chains, let you free from its chains, and come home to yourself and remember what's true for you.
0: Mm. And it's interesting as I have studied to become a menstrual cycle coach and thinking about all of the things that are like menstrual issues, the pill in general, like all the things that are trying their damnedest to keep us from knowing this, to keep us from connecting with the womb.
1: (laughs) It's wild. It's wild. It's
0: insane.
1: Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a silent war on the womb space because like i said when a woman embodies her womb like she's powerful you know she's present with herself she's not susceptible to manipulation Mm. you know so especially when we're thinking about the menstrual cycle and i love that you brought up the pill it's like we have to learn how to like Women are the ones that have to learn how to work with their womb and how to rectify it, and like what this organ really is Mm -hmm. outside of just, you know, making babies. Yeah. Like it's so important, you know, like you as a menstrual coach, like you know how important the health of your menstrual cycle affects you. It's connected to everything, it's connected to the hormones, which is connected to your, you know, your mental health, your physical health, the emotional health. Like it's essential, you know, Um, because if we want to live, well healed lives, like as women, we got to take care of our womb. We can't just like have sex with random people. We can't just like eat foods that, you know, are hurtful to the womb. We can't just like take birth control that manipulates it. Like we have to care for it. And that is Mm -hmm. so multi-layered in the ways that we can care for it.
0: Oh yeah. And it's so also not discussed like it's so interesting the more you talk about all of this and I know we've like harped on this many a time but the colonization the capitalist capitalism and the patriarchy just trying to keep us from just trying to keep us from you know the womb and all of its wisdom do you feel Mm -hmm. like do you feel over the last couple of years things are waking up
1: oh yeah yeah I feel like you know there's it's like, what is it? People are saying, like, the divine feminine is rising or like and that she's like the divine feminine is awakening. Like there's a divine feminine awakening happen. Mm. I feel like we're past the awakening and we're in the rising. Mm. You know, it's like there is a rise. Like people are actually aware of their menstrual cycle, you know, and like all the different phases. People are actually aware of like birth control and like how it's talking to, you know how it affects us. People are actually aware of like birth and like natural birth. A lot more people are gearing towards having natural births, hiring doulas. You know, I think there's a huge, huge um, upheaval of women choosing to take, you know, the, the path of least resistance, which ultimately is sovereignty in your body, you know, learning your menstrual cycle, not buying into the story that in order to not get pregnant, you have to take a pill or have a shot or have an IUD. Like, it's just, so, it's just, it's actually ridiculous how untrue it is. And it's something that just gets me so fired up because I'm like, that's a lie. You know, it's just a straight up lie from the pharmaceutical companies. Like what the hell?
0: (laughs) Same. Oh my God. Same. That's like a whole separate podcast, right? Like where we just, Oh, it's so frustrating. Well, this has been like everywhere and all the things this conversation. <laughs> I'm obsessed, but like, as we wrap up, how can people work with you? How, what are your offerings right now? Like, um, I'm sure with all your travel, you're, you know, very busy in and of itself. So what are you kind of working on now and, and how can people connect?
1: Beautiful. So, um, right now what I'm most excited for is I have a retreat coming up in April which is the the Rose Coast Retreat, which is a retreat that I do annually, which teaches women a lot about, you know, the ancient wisdom of their wombs, the ancient wisdom of womanhood um, and the tantric practices of womanhood. And it's a a passage retreat. So I do that annually and that's coming up in April. But beyond that, you know, I have a program called the Temple of Her, which is all about embodying your your inner temple and reclaiming your life. It's a six-month mentorship program. And that will be reopening for applications in April or May. So in the next coming months, those are the main things. Uh, Aside from that, you know, I do one-on-one work with women as a mentor. If you're looking to deepen your studies about the goddess, about your body, about your temple, if you're wanting to, you know, dive deep into the temple priestess arts and all the multidimensionality that's there, I do one-to-one work. And then, every summer in Mount Shasta, California, I held a training in the Temple Priestess Arts, which is phenomenal. It's like I it's like the highlight of my year, every single year, you know, a bunch of women getting together in this gorgeous property in Mount Shasta, California, and it's, it's just gorgeous, and we dive deep into the Temple Priestess Arts, and I believe that one this year is going to happen in June. Um, it's not released yet, but if you feel the essence of what I'm talking about here. If you feel that path for yourself, just tune in with my email list or my Instagram and stay in the loop and you'll see it coming out. And I share loads of free content all the time on my Instagram and on my email list. So just stay in my vortex. And if there's something that calls to you, you're more than welcome to join.
0: I love it. I'll put your Instagram link in the show notes below, Uh, Terri. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. This is definitely a beautiful conversation, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And I hope that this conversation has supported women in a lot of different ways, from tantra to you know personal revolution. Like I hope it's been very supportive. So thank you so much for the invitation been an honor. Thank you. Mm, I hope
0: you guys loved that conversation. I just feel like when she was speaking, I truly felt all of her words just throughout my entire body. And you really can tell she Practices what she preaches and just really, really loves this work. She has so many ways to work with you. Now, if you're interested, Tarany has an April retreat coming up where it will be a Rose Codes retreat, a tantric practice of womanhood. She also has her six month mentorship, Temple of Her. There's an opening for that in April or May. She does one on one work as a mentor and she also does a Mount Shasta training in the Temple Priestess Arts if you are interested in learning more about that. I will put all of her information in the show notes below. You're also gonna wanna make sure you follow her Instagram, and jump on her email list. Again, I'll put those notes below. Tarani also suggested a few books throughout this conversation. You can find those below in the show notes. I'll have links to those books. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffen and at The Light Within Podcast. Send me an email if you have someone you think would be an excellent guest. That email is podcast at gmail.com. The best way for you to continue supporting this podcast is by rating it, reviewing it, and sharing it with those that you love. Thank you guys for spending some time with me this week. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you
1: next time.